You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. If you had siblings, chances are there was a lot of conflict in your home growing up. At least I know there was in mine. My brother and I were constantly fighting. And there was no place that epitomized this more than the backseat of my parents' car. We were an arm's length away from each other, and fights constantly broke out. I remember one time in particular, we're sitting in the drive-thru line at Hardee's, and I'm pretty confident I didn't do anything. But out of nowhere, my brother hits me in the face with a seatbelt. Chipped my tooth. I had to go to the dentist. It was this whole ordeal because the two of us were constantly fighting. And that's probably why as a parent, I have a, a minivan, even though I have two kids only. And it's because I want to keep them spread out. I want to keep some distance from them so that at least they can't hit each other quite as easily. Sure, they can fuss and get on each other's nerve, but when we're on a road trip or running errands around town, I want to keep the conflict as minimal as possible. Because in life, all of us want peace, right? And peace is probably more than just the absence of conflict, but that's a good start. Today in John chapter 14, uh, we're going to look at some words that Jesus shared with his close followers. And here he promises to give them the Holy Spirit, who will be a helper to them. But then he also offers them peace. And we're going to dive in a little bit about what it looks like to pursue a life of peace, to be on the path of peace in the way of Jesus. So starting in John 14, looking at verses 26 and 27, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Well, what exactly is peace? Peace is much more than just the absence of conflict, but Jesus was not the only person during his time who was concerned with bringing peace to the world. In fact, if you were living at Jesus' time and you said, hey, where does peace come from? A lot of people would have probably said it comes from Rome. See, Caesar Augustus thought of himself as the bringer of peace in the world. In 27 BC, with the first Roman emperor, Augustus, it, it issued and started about 200 years of political stability and security that, that was over the entire Roman Empire. They called this Pax Romana. And this idea that Rome had brought peace to the world was widespread. It was part of their political rhetoric and the way they talked about the Roman Empire. Now, I want you to understand that Roman peace did not mean there was no conflict. In fact, Roman emperors constantly killed their political rivals and there was brutal suppression of anyone who spoke out or led a revolt. This included in places where Jesus and his followers were frequenting, places like Galilee and Judea. So it's in this context where Rome says, hey, we are the bringers of peace in the world. We're the ones who have squelled all the conflict. We've pushed away all the insecurity that you would experience in life. And we have brought peace by our might, by our force, by our will. It's in this context that Jesus comes on the scene and his followers begin to say, this is actually the Prince of Peace. Not Caesar over in Rome, but Jesus, a humble 
teacher, a Galilean uh, peasant who's walking around talking about the way of God and the kingdom of God. He's actually the Prince of Peace. And, and listen to what Jesus says here in John 14. He contrasts his way of peace with Rome's way of peace. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give peace to you. See, Jesus is really clear here. He has something different in mind when he says peace than what the Roman Empire has to offer. Political powers are constantly trying to offer peace because that's what we want, that's what we crave. But Jesus offers peace in a different way. Jesus is actually drawing off a, a tradition from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Bible, where there's this strong emphasis on the concept of shalom or peace. Now, peace in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, means much, much more than just not fighting with each other. That is the term you would use there, but it also refers to this idea of being whole, being complete. It's the kind of word you would use to describe a wall around a city that didn't have any cracks or breaches, that it was still in perfect condition, protecting the people inside. It's also the word you would describe emotional and relational well-being, someone who has peace within themselves and within their relationships, and they are in a good place with others and themselves. They would have shalom, peace. Notice how Jesus describes peace in John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the peace that Jesus has to offer. Untroubled hearts, unafraid hearts. So why is it that we don't experience this peace? If we follow Jesus and Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he offers this peace that is unique in the world, why is it we don't fully experience these untroubled hearts and these unafraid hearts that Jesus offers? Well, I think our culture is at odds with the type of peace that Jesus offers. See, we live first off in a comparison culture. We are constantly told to look at others and to want what they have, to judge them for who they are, and to strive to be more like them. We have this constant insecurity about the way we look. Body image concerns are on the rise. People are always like, I want to look like them. I want to dress like them. I want to be perceived like other people. It also has to do with our status. We want to look, uh, the world to look at us a certain way. We want to be perceived as having a certain amount of control or power or authority or security. We want to have the right stuff, the right look, the right status. We want to have as much as our neighbors have, our house to be as nice as theirs, our car, our job, our titles. We want people to look at us and we feel insecure because we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. And social media has only heightened this reality for us because we're constantly 24 seven shown what influencers and celebrities and multimillionaires are living like. And they show us these fake versions of their lives and we're constantly trying to compare ourselves to things that they don't even really experience in their lives. And we feel more and more insecure because we live in a comparison culture. But we also live in a consumer culture. The reality is that spending, personal spending, family spending is way out of control. And we are feeling pressure to constantly have more and more stuff. We feel this drive to accumulate and stockpile things. And I'm not just talking about insecurity, about having toilet paper when you go to HEB. I'm actually talking about the way that we're constantly 
gathering more and more things. I have to have the latest tech, the nicest clothes, closets full of things, garages full of things, storage units full of things. We want more and more and more because we want to accumulate because of our consumer culture. And everything we're buying is disposable. We're only thinking about the moment. We're only thinking about the now. And so we buy things for this moment, not concerned about whether or not they're going to last us and they have any real meaningful value because we live in a consumer culture. And the reality is we compare ourselves to others and we consume stuff because we're troubled and we're afraid. And the way we compare and the way we consume, they're keeping us from living at peace to really embracing and pursuing the life of peace that Jesus calls us to. And that's our culture at odds with our faith. But I want you to know very clearly that culture is not some sort of immovable object. People create culture. We are culture. So we get to set the own, our own pace when it comes to culture. We get to define what we value and how we live in the world. And the way we view our culture and the way we impact our culture doesn't just change how we live as individuals or as families or even as a church, but we can shape the lives of people around us. And I believe that Christianity should not be a comparison culture or a consumer culture, but we're actually called to be a culture of contentment. So instead of being a comparison culture, we need to learn to be okay with the situation we find ourselves in. Listen to the words of Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. This is what he says. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He says that I'm, I'm okay with my situation. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says these famous but misunderstood words. He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, we love that last part. I can do anything through Jesus. Jesus will empower me to do anything. But in this context, what Paul was actually talking about is no matter what situation I find myself in, no matter how amazing or how awful, how abundant or how lacking in resources my situation is, I can be okay with that situation. And not just okay with that situation, I can be content, happy in that moment with exactly where I find myself because of Jesus. See, we can be content with our situations because Jesus is with us. We know that Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be in that moment because he has gone through it as well. And because of that, we can be content. In the letter to the Hebrews, Chapter 13, verse 5, we, we find another layer to this idea of being content. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. See, we don't have to live in a consumer culture. We don't have to constantly be pursuing bigger and bigger bank accounts, more and more stuff, the accumulation of wealth and material resources. We need to keep ourselves free from the love and the pursuit of those things and be content with the resources we have. Why? Because Jesus is enough. The need, the emotional, relational, social needs that you're trying to fill by buying stuff, by accumulating wealth and status, it's actually just a poor substitute for a deep and meaningful relationship 
with the creator of the universe. We can be content with our stuff because Jesus is enough. Now, being content doesn't mean that you're lazy and it doesn't mean you don't set goals. In, in fact, oftentimes we're most content and we're most at peace when we're pursuing value and purpose and meaningfulness in our lives. Being content means that you are okay with where you are. Contentment is the path to inner peace. Being content means that you trust God at this moment to be at peace with who you are and where you are in life and with what you have. And that's what it looks like to pursue a life of peace in the way of Jesus. And this is different than the way of the world. But one thing I want you to know is that it's not just about experiencing this inner peace and having this inner contentment with where we are. As followers of Jesus, we're actually called to make shalom, make peace in the world. In other words, this contentment that we have, we should live it out in such a way that it fosters and encourages more contentment, that that contentment and peace in life spreads because we're in the business of not just experiencing shalom and peace, but making shalom and peace. And we know this because this is the life that Jesus lived. Jesus loved us so deeply that he wanted to make peace in our relationship between us and God. That he wanted to show us exactly what it looked like to live at peace, being completely content, even in humble circumstances and even in lack of resources. Jesus was able to put the needs of others ahead of his own, to be loving and kind and generous and to be completely content with who he was and what he had because that is the life of peace. 